This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, German teen gets his driver's license for 49 minutes. Les Moonves on call. Plastic on an anti-plastic book? Hmm. My brush with Donny Osmond. And our celebrity guest, Mike Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, actor Bob Romanus. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Got the whammy. Got the whammy bar going. Wow, I was jamming a little too hard there. You know what? In honor of our celebrity guest that's coming on later on. The air guitar is the perfect instrument to play, correct? Sure. You know, sure. Why don't you tell everybody who our guest is? Well, we're very excited to have uh, the actor, Robert Romanos, or Romanos, who you may not realize is also Mike Damone from the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Who played the best air guitar ever in a movie. And, you know, and that, that movie is uh, a very important movie. Uh, for our generation. And he'll be on later on in just and, a little bit. Yes. We're looking forward to talking to him. So you come yeah. back from a big trip. Yeah. In fact, I just got back yesterday from New York City. I went there with my oldest son, Tommy, who wanted to see the band Orbital. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know who Orbital is, and I'm guessing that's... Absolutely everyone. Everyone listening. Yeah. Um, or- Orbital does like... Uh, a techno music, electronic dance music. It's like, you know, you see the shows where they've got the DJs on stage and these guys wear headlights so you can't see their faces and they're all dressed in black and everything's dark and the the light show is very impressive and it's... Uh, <clears throat> I, uh, just so, just not to stop you, which yeah. I guess I am, uh, yeah. I went on YouTube to listen to Orbital. Uh-huh. Um, the name that I would use for them would be horridable. Okay. Not my cup of tea. I'm going to be honest I with you. I put it to you this way. My, my middle son, Johnny, said, well, how long was the concert? I said, eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I will say the, the thing that I loved about it, and, and I've never, I've never uh, loved something quite as much as right. this, and that was watching Tommy. He just loved it, right? Because you know Tommy. Yeah, Tommy he's not is, a most animated kid. Right? He is not. Right. And he was smiling and dancing and throwing his fist in the air. <laughs> and I mean, you can't even imagine no, it, can be, you? That'd be awesome. That's great. And, and I just I just watched him. Yeah. And I just loved every second of it. For eight hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I will say that he also did stuff for me. Like during the day, he agreed to just see you know stuff I wanted to see. And we we went to uh, uh, the top of the trade center, the the uh, the One mm-hmm. World Trade Center, mm-hmm. which was spectacular. If you've ever, uh, I have not been since you 9/11. should go. I haven't been to New York since nine eleven. And we also went to the nine eleven memorial and the the museum and all that stuff. And so that was that was what I wanted to do. He wanted to go to Grand Central Station to just to see it yeah, okay so we went there it was cool yeah it's big uh, it's big, big yeah uh, you know uh, then uh, i wanted to go to the algonquin room 
You pretentious author. I am a pretentious author um, because that's where Dorothy Parker and her vicious circle would get together and hold court, hold court and, yeah. and uh, discuss, you know, bitchy things, you know, <laughs> and I just wanted to be there. I just wanted to see it mm-hmm. and sit there and have a cocktail. And I did have a cocktail. And let me tell you something. All right. There's a cocktail called the Algonquin. Uh, they hand you a cocktail menu with no prices on it. Yeah. That's that's a New York move, isn't it? It yeah, is. Yeah. It is. And I said to Tommy, Tommy doesn't drink. He's 23. He doesn't drink. I said, do you want it? Yeah, I'll get you a cocktail. He's like, no. <clears throat> so I'm happy he didn't because guess how much that one cocktail was? 18 bucks. 20. Yeah. yeah. 20 bucks. And it was like a martini glass size filled with... Uh, bourbon and orange juice or something like that. Some unusual concoction. I drank it in like four sips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, I am. I've got a bit of a problem. <clears throat> and uh, and then the bill came like 20 bucks for, I mean. Then you had a tip and is that's before taxes. So that yeah. whole thing was 26 bucks. But let me just tell you another tip. As we were sitting there in that uh, Algonquin room, we were right by the elevator because it's a hotel, yeah. the Algonquin Hotel. Um, I'm going to tell you not to stay at this hotel because there's one elevator and I, we sat there for a cocktail, uh, you know, waited for the waiter, paid for the bill, and the people were still waiting for yeah. the elevator. <laughs> I, I, I remember uh, when my grandfather was at the Chelsea house. It was a retirement community. Okay. Or com- it was like a retirement hotel in, yeah. you know, uh, on Wilson Avenue in Chicago. Those elevators were God awful, but the elevator once saved our life. Did I ever tell you this story? Is this the Stevie Wonder story? No, that was that was at oh. U of I oh, okay. in Champagne. No, we were. Did I never tell you the no almost me dying story? No. All right, so um, God, this is nineteen seventy four, five something like that. We were at my grandfather. He was on right on Wilson Avenue, um, and we were waiting. To we waited for the elevator to go back to our car to go home, yeah. and the elevator came for just you know took forever, and we you know would often joke about it. Well, while we were in the hallway, we heard this enormous bang outside, just this crash. We're like, "What the hell is that?" When we got down downstairs to our car, the cornice of the building fell on our car and completely destroyed our car. Wow! So if we would have not, if it was a correct, you know, a regular speedy elevator we would have been crushed to death and we wouldn't be doing minutiaman right now you'd find somebody else probably but well, you could have gotten out of the parking space uh no no that the whole okay. that we would that kind of ruins the story yeah well i guess yeah. that is hey thank you appreciate it <laughs> well i mean was harry houdini there okay <clears throat> well i'm glad you're back yeah thank you it was a it was a nice trip with my son and uh we don't uh often bond like that and we even shared a room you know with twin beds and uh he got to uh try to sleep through my snoring which is my gift to him (laughs) um but anyway so uh, happy to be back but it's still still time to do some this week's minutia with rick and dave so it took me about six hours i wanted to do a story about germany without nazis Okay. okay, I found one. I found a German a, a story that comes out of Germany that does not include Nazis. So don't cue the Nazi jingle. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, 
Headline out of Germany. German teenager loses driving license after 49 minutes. <laughs> okay. An 18-year-old whose name was not released. So I'm just going to refer to him as Gunther von Hufenhausen. <laughs> was returning from a successful driving test when officers in the town of, what's it, is Hemer? H-E-M-E-R? Heimer. Heimer. Checked his car with a laser gun. Okay. So, yeah. By the way, so, I, so I'm envisioning two German cops on the side of the road with a yeah. laser gun. Sure. Do they eat donuts or are they little pieces of strudel? <laughs> no. what, what are the, what are no, the cops no. doing? No, the cops in Germany are totally different than they are here. They don't eat donuts or no, baked no. goods? Nope. All right. Really? And they're also very you know skinny and fit. Okay. Well, yeah. they obviously were operating the laser gun well because they clocked Gunter going... Uh, 95 kilometers per hour, which is about 60 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love this quote and Germans are not known for their sense of humor, Rick. Uh, <laughs> Some things last forever. Others not for an hour. So that's what the Germans wrote or the police wrote on their, on the statement. Uh, Gunter had four friends in his car, also names that were redacted. Yeah. So Hans, uh, yeah, Werner, yeah. Wolfgang and Steve. Uh, and they, um, got pulled over. Um, maybe they were to, maybe Gunter was trying to impress his buddies. Yeah. You know, by putting, let, let, let watch let, this. Yeah. <laughs> watch me put the hammer to the metal. So. My papers are not in order. <laughs> well, this is, it's funny you mentioned this because it, I love another quote here. Well, first yeah. of all, Gunter can't drive for Veer weeks. That's four, right? Yeah. Fear. Fear. Yeah. Fear yeah. weeks. But but uh, police said that he would get his license back after extensive retraining. <laughs> okay. Well, the last thing you need you want to hear from somebody with authority in Germany is say the words want extensive retraining. Uh, uh, you will report to traffic camp in Poland? <laughs> the speed limit is not a request. It is a demand. <laughs> right, exactly. I think probably the biggest problem with with Gunter is they were just disappointed that he wasn't following orders, right? right? It doesn't exactly. matter about the speed. Exactly. All of society falls apart if you don't follow right. the rules. Exactly. Uh, so Gunter is on four weeks probation and he's going to go to traffic camp in Poland and okay. be and be. Uh, now this also reminds me of a story. I'm full of stories. You are. Um, did I ever tell you my speeding ticket story? My uh, horseshoe. My horseshoe poker. No, ticket? I don't think so. It's about four or five years ago. And I was going to the Horseshoe Casino to play poker. And I may have been a little excited, so I got caught speeding. So I was called to court, and I was called up to the judge. And the judge looks at my papers, and there's a you know a public defender or whatever. There's like a lawyer with you when you're up there. Okay. I didn't know who she was. And she told the cop, this guy has a stellar a driving record, 35 years without a traffic ticket. You know, mm -hmm. he's a remarkable parallel Parker. I threw that in. Yeah. She didn't say that. Yeah. And the judge looked at me, he goes, 35 years without a speeding ticket. That's really, really great. And I, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get out of this gavel down. Your luck has just run out. And he, Oh, nice. And it was right around Christmas. Merry Christmas. And the whole courtroom just, wow. Erupted. I like that guy. Rupter and left. That's my kind of judge. Yeah. All right, I have some minutia about a company I used to work for, uh, CBS Broadcasting. You remember them? Uh, CBS, when I worked for them, was the cheapest organization ever. And, and you know, and it, 
I wrote the book Severance. Um, there's there's elements that I satirize about CBS in that book Severance in the novel, and it, it includes the effect that the uh, the chairman of the board at that time, who was Sumner Redstone, was just like a, a unbelievably cheap bastard, and the things that that would come down the pike from him were like nobody gets to use the stationery. <laughs> Unless they get permission, you know, that's the sort of thing. And meanwhile, he's, you know, blowing millions here and there. And he was replaced by Les Moonves, who you probably have heard mm-hmm. in the uh, in the new uh, Me Too era has been a naughty boy, has been a very bad boy. And I mean, yeah, bad. like beyond every right. anything. And let me read this. How bad? Okay. Um, he's uh, facing multiple accusations of sexual misconduct. He destroyed evidence, misled investigators in an attempt to save his severance deal, which is one hundred and twenty million dollars. <laughs> OK, well, severance. It's, it's worth saving. But yes. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, this is this was among the revelations that The New York Times found when they were going through to find out uh, about uh, his misconduct. Lawyers were told by multiple people that CBS had an employee who was on call to perform oral sex on Mr. Moonves whenever he desired it. Oh, my God. Now, these are the guys that are telling you you can't use the stationery. (laughs) Right. And they are hiring people to do that. Yeah, that's absolutely despicable which is which is which is absolutely horrible I, but i just wanted to point that out and and we don't know who the employee is but i think we can assume it's not his wife who is a cbs employee well she's the host of yeah what is it big brother or whatever yes and she was also in um uh, like the whatever the the show that goes up against the view it's like uh the one with Sharon Osbourne, and uh, she was on that show. Another CBS show. Um, but uh, fairly fairly safe to say. Well, thank God that you don't work for CBS anymore. And, yeah. you know, doing this radio pro- or podcast, you can use as much stationery as you want. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, for That's... free. Uh, we got a winner. Oh, fantastic. Um, I love this Twitter name. We get a lot of great Twitter names. That what if dot, dot, dot is the name of the Twitter handle. Oh, cool. That's kind of fun. And yeah. what this, and I went through their Twitter feed. They do like, you know, what if Superman was German? Yeah, yeah, whatever. that's cool. It's great. Uh, well, what if, what if, what if won the paperback version of Don Evans' Off-White Christmas? Well, they did. Fantastic. And they also won Link, Late Kingsmill's award-winning and critically acclaimed book, Self in, uh, Safe Inside. You know, we, we went to a, a live performance of a couple of the stories from Don oh, Evans' book. Fantastic. Wasn't that great? Yeah. Kudos to the Oak Park Theater Group or whatever. Yeah. Um, they did an unbelievably fantastic job. Yeah, these stories in this book are, are really funny. Mm-hmm. Some of them are funny. They're poignant. They've got some, you know, special moments. But this they they picked two very funny stories. Absolutely. Did a, just a tremendous job on it. And you can get that book at Eckhart'sPress.com. But right. what if ended up winning Don's book, Lee Kingswell book, who just became an honorable mention from the Chicago Writers Association? Yes. We're very proud of that. And an Amish Chicago coffee mug, which really isn't that big of a deal. But they will be getting all of that shortly. And all you have to do to win, if you want these prizes, is to retweet and follow us on Twitter. And we pick a random uh, uh, retweeter 
every every week. You can get our podcast too if you want to subscribe to our podcast. Rick, where where can they do that? Well, I, I believe they could do it on Stitcher. Absolutely, they can uh, go to the Radio Misfits Podcast uh, Network. Uh, they can get us on TuneIn and iTunes and Spotify, Spotify. Google Play. Did you mention Google, Google Play? Play? Yeah. You know, just the 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 options are limitless. So uh, uh, please uh, please go check us out. Uh, I got another story. Great. Um, this story is close to our heart. Some, I think, and, and I think it'll be close to your heart as well. Very close to my heart. Um, we know a thing or two about publishing, right? We do. Um, you know, we're right there in the publishing game, right? We, know. <laughs> we are actually publishers. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we've met a whole lot of authors yes. in our time. Yes. Right? Hundreds. I mean, hundreds, hundreds of authors. Um, but I want you to put aside for a moment your publisher cap. Okay. And I just want you to be a person. Okay. I don't know if I can do that, but um, I'll do my best. Keep an open mind. Anti-plastic author's anger at book wrapped in plastic. <laughs> Author Martin Dory. Okay. No, hold on. Author Martin Dory called the decision by a U.S. distributor an absolute shambles when he found out copies of his book, No More Plastic, What You Could Do to Make a Difference, The Two-Minute Solution, were each individually wrapped in plastic shrink wrap when they arrived in bookstores. It undoes, it undoes all our hard work and proves once again that we are using plastic with our eyes closed, he said on Instagram. We toiled hard on this, said Mr. Dory from Cornwall. We worked with the printer to make it one of the most environmentally friendly books this year, and then this. Okay. First of all, how many trees were chopped down well, to make that book? That was my first point, is if you really were concerned, just put it on an ebook. No, no printing, right? Just do it on an ebook. Oh, come on now. That is that's freaking hilarious. Yeah, it is. I mean, I get his point, and I yeah. don't and from a you know, as a publisher who handles shipping and receiving. Why would you individually shrink wrap each book? I have no idea. Well, that's that's a good point. Uh, but what I want to say to Mr. Dory, he's or Mart, yeah, Martin Dory, he sounds a little high maintenance to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. don't call us with your next book. Yeah, we have some. We have we have met a few. Yeah, uh, all of our authors, notwithstanding. You know, if J.K. Rawlings would have come to us with yeah. Harry Potter. And if we could detect that she would be kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. honey. We're not <laughs> right. right for you. Exactly. That is so true. Once you get uh, published by Eckhart's Press, you you know that you're dealing with an author that is not a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That because is. we don't have time for that. Right. Exactly. All right. It's time for our uh, celebrity feature. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the uh, the show where Dave reaches his hand into a, a Costco jar and pulls out the name of a uh, celebrity uh, that I have met over my lifetime. And I have to explain where I met them and tell the story of that day. Big star here, Donny Osmond. Huge star. Well, not anymore, maybe. Well, he's still a big star. Well, I, you know what? This uh, Donny Osmond actually. This kind of ties into my uh, my earlier CBS rant. All right. Okay. Donny Osmond was the first guest I booked for John Landecker when I started working for him in 1993. Now, Landecker's show was a morning show on an oldies station. And that station had been around for a long time, playing oldies, music from the 50s and 60s, but had never really had a like a, a real morning show before. 
And I kind of knew that coming from Stephen Gary, which was a you know big time uh, radio show on the Loop. But I didn't really know it until I booked Donny Osmond, and this is how I found it out. The morning of the interview, he was a phone a phoner. I realized that the hotline that goes into the into the radio studio did not connect to the board because they had never had a guest on before. And you never thought to check because you just assumed that they had a... Of course. Right, right, sure. Of course. So I got in there and I, and I figured this out and I called up the engineer. I'm like, you got to do this. And he, so he came in and like rigged something up and, you know, got it, got it on. And we finally got Donny Osmond on and it was, you know, a decent interview. But then we went to take calls and I realized that there was no screening room for me to screen calls. So I was screening calls on the floor at John Landecker's feet. Really? Like, Hello, WJK. <laughs> yeah. All right. You want to talk to Donnie Osmond? Okay. Hang on. Wait. All right. Hang on. What's your name? All right. Put him on. Put him on. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, this is a totally true story. Then uh, then when we got on, you know, the, when, the, when the callers got on the phone, there was no, uh, the radio station was not on hold. So the callers were not hearing so they had no idea, anything right. that was going on the radio. So you'd go to the phone like, hello, Jim. What? <laughs> You're on the air. What do you mean? You're on the air. Oh, I thought you guys, I, you know. Uh, and then, then they couldn't hear Donny Osmond because they had never connected that before. That was my first guest that I ever booked on that show. And I, you know, you've seen one or two Rick Hissy fits. Yeah. I, I have an occasional Sure. I'll have an occasional yeah. hissy fit. I had one that day. Was that a monumental oh, epic? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, hissy you know, fit. if you had told me what a little cheap organization right. this was. From CBS in Chicago. I would have never taken the job. I mean, you've got some stuff to do here. Get this studio in, in, <laughs> you know, in shape. And Landecker was just cracking up because he had never had a producer before that went to fight for him. Because he always had to do it himself. Did Donny Osmond, what is his reaction through this? Whole? Did he think that you're just a little... I think he of, thought we were a little piece of crap uh, yeah. radio station, you know, which we were at that time. But we, not for long. Not when Rick... Not when there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> I, can you believe that, yeah. though? That's a true story. This did not take place in 1943. Right. This was 1993. Yeah, and it wasn't like taking phone calls is something that was you know, a maverick thing to right, do. Yeah. Right, exactly. Well, we've never heard of that. That's, That's a great outrageous. idea. <laughs> so I don't really remember anything that Donny Osmond said. All I remember was being on the floor um, and screening calls that way. And and here's the, the funny part of that story. Uh, you know, all the other stuff got fixed. The screening thing never did. So for 10 years, I screened calls in the studio with John Landecker whispering, while he was on the Are air. Are you really? Yeah. For 10 years, I did that. Now, so was he on the air? Meanwhile, Les Moonves is putting a, <laughs> yeah, right. a waiver in his contract. <laughs> Must have someone on call right, to f- perform oral sex at any time. <laughs> the fellatio clause. Yeah. That's so, so anyway, that's, that's why I got a little fired up. All this right. is big. All right. This is big. Everyone sitting down? Yeah, this is big. All right. Let's, uh, let's play the jingle and bring him on. Yeah. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Okay, joining us on the show. We're very excited. Uh, this is uh, Bob Romanus. Is that how you pronounce your last name, Bob? 
Yeah, good enough for a man. Yeah. You know what? We're just good enough people, too, so this is perfect. <laughs> That's our goal yeah, every well. show is to be good enough. <laughs> so uh, you may remember uh, Bob. He played Mike Damone in the classic Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Favorite movie of all time. One of our favorites. The movie had future Academy Award winners, Sean Penn, Forrest Whitaker, Nicolas Cage, Future Emmy winner, Ray Walston, two Golden Globe winners, Eric Stoltz, Anthony Edwards, but none of them. None had, of them. None of them had a bigger part in Fast Times at Ridgemont High than you. And my first question to you, Bob, is do you lord it over them? Well, of course not. Are you kidding? <laughs> Those are great actors, man. Every one of them. Everyone you named. Isn't that something how incredible that cast was for that film? Yeah, it really was. Uh, I gotta gotta uh, uh, gotta give credit to uh, Amy Hackerling and uh, and uh, the casting people at Universal who put that together. Your your voice sounds exactly the same. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, I can totally picture you. Hard to describe. Hard to dis- hard to uh, disguise it. You know, um, looking at recent pictures of you, I was a spitting image of you back in uh, in back in high school. I have not been as fortunate in the hair department as you are, but you, you look, you know, you do look a little older, but that head of hair, I am, I'd kill for your head of hair right now. Well, you know, I, I tell you, it's, uh, I'm hanging on to what's left here. <laughs> Clinging to the edge of the cliff with your fingernails. Oh, and I, I mean, I had the, you bet. no, I got enough. I got enough to fool everybody. <laughs> I had the part down the middle and the feather back. He know? really did. I knew Dave back in those days, and we're talking like 1982, 83. He did yeah. look exactly like right. you. Now, he has uh, developed uh, what we would call uh, in the business a, a giant gut. <laughs> yeah. Um, and another chin uh, and yeah, no hair. He's got the whole hair issue. But uh, so in 1982, dead ringer, but you have aged much better. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, uh, you know, I attribute that to good living here in Southern California. <laughs> I, I actually part my hair. Nice. D- I part my hair down the middle, but it's a much, much bigger part. <laughs> it's only it, it's <laughs> only a part right now. <laughs> so, you know, we all knew a guy like Damone in the 70s. I think uh, that was one of the most believable characters in that movie because there was somebody like him in every high school in America. For me, it was this kid named Brian at, at Heidelberg High School. He had tickets to every concert ever. Was there somebody at your school that was like that too, that you kind of uh, based the character on a little bit? You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't know anybody who sold concert tickets when I was in high school. But uh, I did come by some counterfeit tickets uh, for a Buddy Rich concert, which I got a hold of and got to see Buddy Rich. But no, you know, Mike Damone was really a sort of a a combination of a couple of guys that I knew from high school. And uh, but but they he wasn't a scalper. He he was a card player. Okay, (laughs) he but he had that attitude. He definitely had that attitude, and yeah. he'd look at you and he'd say, hey, a card laid is a card played, <laughs> and uh, that was his whole attitude, oh, and uh, a little bit of Mike DeMond, too. Um, you know, I, I had read that you actually, was it in a high school in Van Nuys, I think it was, where you kind of, you you, you went and observed serotypiously people, um, high school students tell uh, how did you research this role? I, I swear. Well, I you know, 
you're talking about I went to Van Nuys High School once I found out I got the role. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to walk around the school and like get an idea of the fashions and just kind of look at the people. And uh, I think they must have thought I was a narc because I was walking <laughs> around taking notes, <laughs> looking at everybody. So the thing that I was surprised to find out is that you were 26 years old when the movie was made, something like that? Yes, I was 26. You yeah. totally pulled off oh high God, school kid. Was... That was amazing. Well, that was the, uh, that was the big... Uh, the big hump I had to get over in auditioning. It took me seven weeks of auditioning. Oh no shit! And really? finally, in the end, I I you know improvised everything, done every scene. The director took me to hair and makeup, and uh, and the big uh, glitch was the producer thought I might look a little too old, and. Uh. Uh, so, but you know, when every nobody in that movie was a teenager, right? That's a good know? point. So it uh, actually made sense and worked out for me. You know, Fast Times was what thirty-five years ago. I guess it came out something like that. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, I'm sure people still recognize you. Obviously, by your voice, people would recognize you. What is the strangest place that you have ever been recognized? Is there like a particular <laughs> story or place? You know, one day uh, I was floating down the Kern River up here in uh, Southern California. And uh, I had like a week's growth of beard. I had a baseball cap pulled over my eyes. I'm floating in the middle of the river in an inner tube, just kind of cruising down the river. And somebody yells out, hey, Damone. <laughs> <laughs> And that totally, uh, to- totally took me out of my daydream. And I said, "How the hell did you?" Do that? <laughs> that's because you know where, wherever you are, you have to you have to pretend like that's the coolest place Ex- to be. Exactly, and your mustache well, was is, coming in. That's so. right. That is the place to be. Um, has uh, this is something that I, I I did some research on, and I may be wrong about this, but I think that the movie Fast Times at Richmond High, you your character originated the term wuss that I believe it did not exist in the vernacular because you had to explain what it meant what, part in the puss. movie. Yeah. Part, 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 part pussy. Yeah. Is that true? Well, I don't know if I invented it. Uh, certainly Cameron Crowe probably did, but uh, I said it. Uh, you're part wimp, part uh, what is it? Part wimp, part pussy. Yeah. You're a wuss. Uh, I don't know. That should be on your business card. Right. And thank you for that, because I've been <laughs> called that about... If I had a business two. card, I'll put it on it. Hey, has anybody ever... Uh, Later of the wuss. <laughs> uh, has anybody approached you for doing a uh, Fast Times reunion? I imagine the budget probably a little bit higher than it would be back then, but has, has there been any talk about a Fast Times I mean, it makes, well, it makes sense, right? A high school reunion movie? I have never heard uh, any of that from the industry, but certainly anyone who's ever seen the movies said, hey, you're going to make a sequel. But no, the industry's never talked about it. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably couldn't get all these people together again anyway. Yeah, that's probably Do you keep in touch not with, at this point in time. Do you keep in touch with uh, any of the cast members? What? Do you keep in touch with any of them? No, not really. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Damone's kind of a, a loner. What? Because Damone's always kind of been a loner. I think he just had no friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we talk about the movie. It's our, one of our favorite movies. But we know that you're also a musician, right? Uh, your, your band, uh, yeah. Papa's Kitchen, is that correct? 
That's right. Yeah. Now, does that does the band have the magnetism of a Robin Zander <laughs> or the charisma of a Rick Nielsen? Well, you know, kind of hard to match that, but uh, maybe the charisma of SpongeBob and uh, <laughs> whose creator just died. What kind of what kind of music? What kind of music it's, do you guys play? It's more like acoustic rock, you know. Our our uh, our influences are guys like J.J. Kale and uh, uh, you know uh, Ben Morrison, the Beach Boys, hmm. and it's kind of the music we grew up on, you know. So. It's kind of acoustic rock. We have a new CD. We're uh, we're actually we've just released. It's on iTunes, uh, and it's called "Time Well Spent." And uh, you know, listen to it. It'll be time well spent. Okay, <laughs> that's a deal. And you also own a restaurant, correct? What's the? Uh, yeah, this I is- did. Oh. I owned a coffee house out here. I owned it for a few years, and uh, I sold it because, you know, finally it's a nickel business with dollar problems. You yeah. Know, hard to make <laughs> any money. and uh, But the thrill of it was that I had entertainment six nights a week, you know, so I had a open mic comedy night and jazz nights and storytelling. So in that sense, it was a great success, and uh, I got to meet a lot of great people. But finally, in the end, there's no dough, and owning one little coffee house. <laughs> well, it sounds like things are going well for you and much yeah, health, actually. much health to you. Oh, yeah. thank you, man. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, you know, and I know that uh, it was just a few months of your life, you know, 36 years ago or whatever, but it really had an impact on our lives. And we thank you very much for, uh, for everything that uh, you did in that movie and, and since. Oh, you're welcome, man. And let me just say it's had an impact on my life. Yeah, I bet. 36 years, too. <laughs> when was the last time you saw the movie? You know, I uh, I was uh, asked to go out and host. Uh, they were doing a drive-in out here uh, uh, maybe about three or four months ago in the summer. And uh, so I went out and uh, and did a little uh, host uh, uh, Q&A and then got to watch the movie in a drive-in. It was a lot of fun. And I hadn't seen it in years since then. Still holds up, actually. It does. Fantastic. It does. Well, thanks very much for being on the show, Bob Romanus. 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 (laughs) Sorry about that. And much health and happiness to you, buddy, and thanks a lot. Take it easy. Take care. Pretty darn cool. He (laughs) sounds exactly (laughs) like the mode. I felt like we were just hanging with him. And and we were hanging. Spicoli's in our algebra class, you know. (laughs) Mr. Hand is our math teacher or whatever uh what a nice guy too you've outdone yourself this time dave uh, dave dave is scoring all these uh, guests for us and and i uh, you know props to you because well, that was you. awesome um do you want can i tease some of the other upcoming guests that we're sure. coming up sure well uh if you're fans of porkies and who isn't a fan of porkies of course the first sex comedy movie ever that yeah. kind of launched this that whole genre we've got meat from porkies <laughs> okay. coming in all right. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we've got Farkas from the Christmas Story, the bully. Oh, fantastic. The, the, and we've got President Jimmy Carter. No, I've just kind of made that one up. Oh, geez. But, you had me there. Uh, we're working on Shecky Green. Okay. We're pretty close to signing a deal with Shecky Green. Wow. Yeah, All so right. So, I things. mean, people need to subscribe to this show. And if you want to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartExpress.com. Uh, we're also at ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. Yeah, we are uh, on Twitter. Dave uh, tweets. 
nonstop. I'm as Minutia Men um, at Minutia Men. Uh, check us out there. You can email us if you're uh, a grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, kids don't even read email anymore. They, it's just like. Uh, well, I've noticed yeah. when we're dealing with freelancers. You know, if I, we've got like a graphic designer or someone who's under the age of 40. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even bother anymore. It's right. texting. Yeah. yeah. So, but you can, if you, if you, if you want to be a dinosaur, you can still email us minutiamenpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd like to thank our executive producer, Tony Lasano from Opie Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Men. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Radio Misfits, promo take 24. Guys, um, we are part of Radio Misfits Podcast Net. Radio Misfits, you idiots. We are part of... I didn't really make it intended to be a tongue twister. Yeah, I know. We are part of the Radio Misfits Podcast... podcast. Promo 26. (laughs) I'll be here all day. We are part of Radio Misfit Podcast Network. And uh, Close enough for government. Yeah, close enough, huh? (laughs) Let me say it. Radio Misfits. Douchebags who can't speak. Hear it on the World Wide Web. If you don't want to miss a moment of Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, there are several ways that you can make sure you stay on top of it. And that the first one is just to subscribe to the show. It's like, what were those things called that came like at your doorstep in the morning every day? Newspapers? Newspaper. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, just yeah. like those. Yeah. Right. Right, it, you, you subscribe. It comes to your, it comes into your little mailbox, your virtual mailbox. If this was 1965, it would be a a, a carton of milk. <laughs> exactly, by some guy whose name you knew. Ex- right, exactly. How you doing, Howard? <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, that's easy to subscribe, Rick. You can go on iTunes. That's where most people do. I think you go on iTunes and you just there's a little thing that says subscribe. You hit it, and then boom, every episode on Stitcher, on iTunes. Um, and, and then you can also review us and rate us. And if you do that, um, Dave will read that. Well, you do. I, I, yeah, I will read it. And it makes us feel better about ourselves, too. And, which and, is nice. and Dave showed me like 50 of them the other day. And I haven't had a chance to uh, check them out because I'm a scared, scared man. Uh, well, let me give you a couple of them. All right. Okay. Um, these guys have deep smooth radio voices now yeah. one of us does one of us does <laughs> i no one has ever mentioned that i have a deep smooth radio voice um chicago accent and kind of nasally <laughs> yeah um here's another one super underrated pod okay like what do you mean underrated we're like a 4.8 baby <laughs> we're not underrated um here's a my favorite minutia men with rick Hemfer and david stern is kind of entertaining. <laughs> that should be our bumper sticker. <laughs> right. Uh, and then here's another one. This is what my friends would sound like if they were funny. Okay. Well, that's not bad. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. So, you know, help us build our audience. 
if the show mm-hmm. grows, maybe we won't get canceled, which would yeah, be right. fantastic. <laughs> um, subscribe, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, tune in. Lots of ways to subscribe. Radiomisfits.com.